Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. This is Skincare with Friends. Hello and welcome to Skincare with Friends with Nia Patton and me, Natalie. Hello, how Hi. are you? I'm fine. I have a, a hole in the back of my mouth where a tooth used to be. Yeah. Um, you had your wisdom tooth out. It, but is it really a wisdom tooth if it's a tiny little shark tooth in the back? Uh, what is a yeah. microdont? What is a microdont? microdont? A microdont is a small tooth. Very cute sounding. It's cute. I love finding them in the backs of people's mouths. Yeah, I'm like, hello, you. How are He's you, so little cute. tiny guy? When they took it, when they took him out, I was like, this looks like my daughter's tooth. This is yeah. just so teeny. Um, but this is all Nia's fault. So I had a sleepover at Nia's house about three months ago, and he <laughs> kindly made me sourdough toast with a pumpkin seed in it, and a little bastard got <laughs> between my teeth. And I thought at the time, oh, that hurts. Yeah. And then nothing. And then this last week. Could oh my not god. Have cold, is that what liquid, it was? Hot. Yeah, nothing. I just couldn't even And use... it was because of your microdont. Yeah, well it would it would it squeezed up between the two teeth. Yeah. And caused some movement. So it was very wobbly. The microdont was very wobbly when they took it yeah. out. Oh, you um, should have come around my house. I could have taken it out for you in the I living know. room. I just didn't realise it would be so easy, to be quite honest. Um, yeah, and also you can't come around my house because I have COVID. That's true. I wouldn't mm. want a wisdom tooth removed by my COVID-riddled friend. Nope. <laughs> it would just be a, a shit day all around. Yeah. So Nia has COVID. <laughs> It's not funny at all. I'm really sorry. It's kind of funny though. I like when I got the test result back because I went. My LFT was negative, and I felt ill. And my entire family has COVID. And so when what about Max? Does Max have COVID? Yeah, he does. Yeah, his LFT was positive. He felt fine. And then I felt really COVIDy, and my test was negative. So I was like, right, we'll go for a PCR just to make sure. And um, my PCR was positive, and I was just laughing when I got the emails like <laughs> what <laughs> it's really oh, surreal after all this time finally to catch it it's a bit sort of like oh my god it's me it's happening to me what's going on i know everyone's been talking about it what is this yeah. covid thing um yeah <laughs> yeah oh, so you're not feeling too too wonderful then not wonderful no like i'm finding that painkillers are really helping so i'm just you know taking them and that's all right. And then, you know, once the paracetamol's kicked in, I feel pretty normal, yeah. not in pain. So I've got, when I'm not on paracetamol, I've got a horrific headache. Yeah, and it's yeah. um, it's a it's a kind of specific headache as well. So mm. I haven't had COVID for a year. I think I had it, yeah, a year ago. Oh, my God. And um, it's a very akin to a hangover. <laughs> yeah, a really very sharp headache. A really sharp, like you've been mixing your drinks. <laughs> Uh, hangover a bit yeah. like morning sickness I found um, oh yeah, god it's not, yeah not pleasant at all is it no uh, unpleasant so do you still do you have your sense of taste back now 
Oh yes, I do. Thanks. Yeah. So um, I because it think, took a while, didn't it? I think it probably took about four or five months for it to fully mm. come back. Uh, everything tasted of lemons. Um, Gross. Yeah, just everything was ruined. Like my morning coffee, and it makes you quite unpleasant to be around because without food and drink, where yeah. is joy? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. At least I, my sense of taste seems to be completely fine. Yes. Yeah. So fingers crossed that doesn't go because I'm going to be in a right mood. I d- I think it. I don't know. Would it have gone? I don't know. I can't, Is it an I can't, early thing or a late thing? I thought it was an early thing with me, to be honest. I felt yeah. crap for three days. And then after that three days, I thought, oh, yeah, great. And I can't taste anything. Mm. Um, so, Hopefully so fingers that's crossed. not it for me then. Cause yeah. That's um, not a so, symptom. So yeah. you've been ill. You've been down a rabbit hole of research. What a surprise. Mm. Nia has been in a research black hole. <laughs> well, yes. S- sifting through reddit <laughs> <laughs> yeah i started on reddit and then i went into google scholar for about three weeks um, <laughs> how is it in the world of google scholar i've j- i've never used google scholar is it as fun as it sounds it's fun it's it's not the you know searching for studies is different searching for websites you don't mm-hmm. get necessarily the most useful study straight away. Okay. You've got to sift and sift and sift. But, you know, I love Sorry, it. I'm, I'm just going to break this conversation to say sure. the mi- most middle class sentence I've ever said, which is, oh my God, I'm is just it? going to put another kiln dried log on the fire. <laughs> <laughs> this is a bit a- asmr isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Fortunately, she puts a kiln-dried log on. Puts another log on. (laughs) Why not? So, what topic are we doing today, Natalie? Oh, well, we're doing basical skincare for people of colour, but really with um, an emphasis on black skin. Um, What led us to this? Yeah, so... When I'm when I'm thinking about a new podcast, I fit, I straight away just go to skincare addiction and see what's sort of floating at the top of it, just for sort of so, inspiration. So skincare addiction is a Reddit yes. haven, it's a subreddit. Okay. Yeah, it's a very geeky okay. place um, where people talk about skincare. Um, mm-hmm. And like the first, the the top post floating at the top was a uh, basically a person of color. You know, you don't, that's the thing about Reddit, it's anonymous. You don't see the person's picture, you don't know who is asking the question. So someone is describing themselves as as, uh, As darker skinned. Uh And her post was this, every time I look up body skincare tips for dark skin on this sub, not to bash this sub because it's an internet wide trend I've noticed, every other comment is, oh, that's normal for people of colour or dark skin, don't worry about it, babe. Just because something is common doesn't mean that someone needs to be dissuaded from fixing it or offered no info about it at all. Acne is common. Wrinkles are common. People are just asking for advice and they need advice, which I was like, okay, absolutely. So, okay. So is this person saying that they find that on that particular skincare addiction subreddit, that that seems to be the... Yeah. And also... It's an internet-wide trend, she's noticed, Mm. so that generally they'll find that people are just sort of dismissive and, you know, 
people are told to accept their beautiful skin you know they're told that their skin is textured and that's lovely so they should mm-hmm. just accept it mm-hmm. and not necessarily offered advice okay so i decided that we should do skin of color and the issues they they face okay and, you know trying not to offer specific advice about products maybe because i haven't i you know i'm a white person i don't want you to are. patronize people by telling them what what they should do mm-hmm. but yeah i'm gonna read you the studies and bore you about compact corneocytes and graphs and things yes and phs and mm-hmm. and also to note that yeah so obviously when you you are researching a topic about something that doesn't affect you um, mm. directly, the best thing you can do is use really good references for people who are in the know about that. So yeah, you've been looking at many studies. I've bought um, Deja Ayadeli's book. We've referenced her lots of times. Mm-hmm. Um, she's a black British esthetician and she's just released a book called Black Skin, which is... Um, informative and beautiful actually i i'm only about a tenth of the way into it Mm. um and i've bookmarked lots of things um so so yeah sorry to interrupt no that's fine (laughs) interrupt away but yeah is it a beautiful book is there lots of it's just image wise it's beautiful it's got so much about the history um Mm. of black skin um through the gaze through the western gaze um, as well it's just it's really um yeah it's super informative but from a historical perspective as well it's really really interesting mm. um obviously it's definitely through the lens of a black british woman rather than yeah. american but obviously yeah and a that's lot of good the... because i think that you know lots of the stuff about um black skin is from an american point of view mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah so uh, when i did my um postgraduate diploma in cosmetic medicine we uh talked about the fitzpatrick skin types so mm-hmm. um the Fit- fitzpatrick skin typing is a way to sort of put your skin color into a handy box for professionals so you can say how you know you can note it in the clinical notes what color the patient's skin is ish and mm-hmm. um you can then decide which treatment is appropriate for them but apparently the um fitzpatrick scale is not ideal but you know it's generally what most people use and how most is it, people is it just not ideal skin. because there's only seven shades on there i guess yeah yeah i think it's you know seen as kind of reductive yeah yeah and there's a lot of emphasis on how people how easily people burn Right. Which I don't think is great. But, you know, that's that's what we're using at the minute until we find something better. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, so we'll refer to uh, people's skin colour as Fitzpatrick, say, five mm-hmm. uh, or six. They're the darkest colours on the Fitzpatrick scale. Yeah, the first thing we come to um, when I was starting to research the podcast was, you know, the first thing that hit me in the face was the um, dermatological, medical, sort of skincare, racial disparity Mm -hmm. that's sort of obvious. 
and you had a fr- f- uh, a chat with your friend Nick. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So she had something in, I thought was interesting to say about it. Yeah. So um, I sent her a little questionnaire, and it was based on the little interview you did with your friend Cara, who lives in Australia. Yeah. So I was like, I'll send Nick some questions. Um, so she is um, Welsh, um, but of uh, mixed. Um, race so she would describe herself as a four on the Fitzpatrick scale Mm -hmm. so I don't know if you have the definitions there do we yeah so four four is is um medium brown or dark brown hair brown eyes Mm -hmm. medium brown or dark brown skin hardly ever burns yep Mm. So that's her pretty much. Um, Nick won't mind me saying, um, but she loved the sun. <laughs> yeah. So, and and she's really started to sort of take care of her skin. I think she's had treatments and things like that before, but in terms of investing in skincare and more importantly, sun care, I think yeah. that's probably something that she started to take seriously just this year. Um, so one of the questions I asked her was... Um, regarding representation like how well represented do you think your skin color is in general by brands offering treatments and products um and so in her words she has said i think things are improving and i think post um the movement of black lives black lives matter in june 2020 they do continue to get better at a faster pace certainly in makeup at least there's been a lot more choice and for several years and i know this continues to improve however According to Nick, she says skincare specifically targeting darker skin was definitely not on my radar. Um, any knowledge of I, I have of this is solely from your skincare posts. Thanks, Aww. Nick. Um, so personally, I don't know if this is a lack of products issue or a lack of marketing issue, mm. but let's just base, base this on Boots, for example. So Boots, the chemist, is obviously the UK's biggest sort of um, chemist shop chain so yeah it's like a drugstore isn't it yeah you've got walgreens i guess uh, Mm. is the is the closest thing in america um so yeah basically in boots i don't see anything um specifically tailored to my skin Uh, and in 2022 that's just crazy also until seeing your posts i had no clue that you could even get spf uh, marketed for darker skin tones without the hideous white hue um, mm-hmm. we'll make reference to uh, a particular content creator who we love, who talks solely really about this. Um, and this definitely needs a huge marketing push. This winds yes. me up, to be honest. Um, it's a little bit like tights or stockings. A nude stocking to you is not a nude pair to me. Um, and we shouldn't be limited to generic white skin tone-based product ranges mm. um, in 2022. Um, which is correct, really. Um, and then I go to reference, really, Deja's um, book. Like I said, um, her book, Black Skin, um, she said that there is really a misconception uh, around that black women seem to prefer natural, in inverted commas, skincare or tend to spend less money on skincare, uh, which is untrue. Black British women in general spend more than their white counterparts by to the tune of around £137 more a year. In addition, though, um, despite that fact, 70% of black and Asian women, again, this is in the UK, feel left out of high street offerings. And more than 35% um, of black and Asian women feel that advice for their skin tones is lacking. 
Yes. Mm. Agree. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. You know, yeah, I can I can see that boots would seem like a very white place. Yes. But you don't really, you know, I wouldn't think about that. It's only like recently that I started looking at life as in like, what is this? What is going on here? Why is it yeah. like this? Yes, through an inclusive uh, yeah. lens. And uh, and we will get to it. I think this is going to be quite a, a series of podcasts. Um, yeah, I think so. And we will yeah. reference, and we've said it before, but there's one um, black American male content creator who basically most of what he does really he's got the most fantastic sunscreens database um mm. he is f- on the fitzpatrick scale i think he's a f- he's five his skin tone is you think he says um okay but the yeah. but the big the big deal there i think for him is that he has no issue or little issue with a sunscreen marketing you know having a, a white cast or a white hue because they can't all be perfect but yeah. it's in the marketing so if you're marketing yourself as no white cast on your mineral sunscreen, mm. what you really mean is no white cast on the white people that we tested it on. Yeah. And not everybody else, obviously. No, it's not clear. And, no. you know, pe- people are going to waste their money and be annoyed. Mm. It's not fair. And honestly, I do think some of the, like when he says add PR sample sent to him and then he yeah. puts... They've sent it to him. They've sent it to him. Did they not look at it? They are going to be destroyed. I mean, some of them, some of them are beautiful. And he just said, you know what? If this was for, still for black people, but slightly lighter skin tone, so say a four, um, then this would not be an issue. It's the fact that I'm testing it out purely on my skin tone. And for him, this just really doesn't work. And they they must have looked at his photo and sent it to him and promised him it would be good. And also seen that whatever reviews he does give are completely transparent and honest. Like he doesn't pull his punches at all. Um, No. We'll come back to him, definitely. Yeah. So I, you know, I just started... I spent my first sort of three hours of research, like looking at how black people are not represented in any way at all in in medical texts, that sort of thing. You know, dermatological photographs are generally of white people. So right. when dermatologists are training to become dermatologists, they um, only see p- pictures of the skin diseases on white skin. Okay. The textbooks don't have photographs of black people with skin issues. Say, you know, rosacea looks a lot different on black skin than it does on white skin. And then yeah. things are going to be misdiagnosed because the professionals aren't familiar with the appearance of these diseases in different skin tones. Um, and I, I have to be honest as well, until I started reading um, this book, Black mm. Skin, I didn't realise how many different types of rosacea they were and how different they presented as well, Yeah, uh, especially on darker skin. There's almost a whole chapter dedicated to that in this book. Yeah. It? It's, um, yeah it's really interesting. It's an unusual condition. It's mm-hmm. strange. Yeah. 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 So... Um, yeah, there's there's now um, some uh, websites that you can go and see pictures of different conditions and different skins. It's like mm-hmm. a whole project. So um, I'm going to link things like that 
in our blog post that adjoins mm. this episode. So if anyone wants to read any of these uh, articles we're going to mention or websites, then come and check our website, skincarewithfriends.com, and then you can come and look, check it all out because it's there's loads of cool stuff. So apparently um, there's a, an enormous disparity for the melanoma survival rate. Right. Comparing black people and white people, which, you know, considering that black people shouldn't get that many melanomas, you know, it's not as much of a concern for darker skin. The darker your skin is, the less likely you are to have yeah. a melanoma, melanoma skin cancer. So the five-year survival rate for black people is 74.1 compared with 92.9 for white people. So... so- Wow. They're much less likely to survive to five years. So 74.1 for for black people compared with 92.1 for yeah. white, 92.9, yeah. sorry, for white people. Yeah. So wow. okay. they're less, less likely to survive to five years if they have a melanoma. Um, so a study 2012, so that's only nine years ago. Um, by Buster et al., based in Alabama, noted that people of colour were less likely to seek medical assistance for skin issues and outcomes were poorer. So, you know, maybe that's because um, they don't expect to get the skin issues because it's less likely, possibly. Yeah. So it's not something they're so aware of, whereas a white person, you know, we're probably going to get skin cancer. So we're looking at our faces going, is that cancer? I guess. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, I was wondering if there was any, you know, any sort of correlation between survival rates and melanoma and depending on your um, racial background in the UK. And I couldn't find anything specific mm. about skin cancer. Like the, the rate of skin cancer among black people in Britain is really, really low. So I don't think there's been any specific mm-hmm. studies about their survival rates compared with white right, okay. people in, in Britain. Um, but yeah, so I started okay. sort of looking to see if there was a medical disparity in the UK. And um, yeah, so I got a little mm-hmm. quote from a study by Lane and Beavers in 2007, a recent UK study examining the mm-hmm. uptake of healthcare services by children and young people from minority ethnic backgrounds revealed that ethnic minorities received a poorer quality of healthcare compared with the Caucasian population. Black and South Asian women experienced longer delays than white women for breast cancer diagnosis. So, you know, there is a difference in every country depending on your race, in the way you're treated, Mm. unfortunately. So it appears when we have a look at the evidence, sadly. Well, that's shit, isn't it? It is shit. And why, why, yeah, why why do you think that is? I don't know. I mean, you'd like to think that doctors are, you know, so professional that the colour of a person's skin would never come come into the equation. But I I, I don't know, essentially. Yeah, because you can't put it all down to the fact that there's just not enough, although that's terrible that textbooks, and for example, only yeah. show what certain um, certain conditions yeah. look like in Asian people. That's dreadful. Um, but you can't no. put it all down to that, no. you know? 
No, but you know, okay, that is something that is interesting and you know worrying. But we're here to talk about skincare itself. What with us being skincare with friends, yep. so yeah, mm-hmm. we can. Should we go into um, whether black skin is actually different to white skin? Do you think it matters? Yes. Yeah. Let's do it. Yeah, well, because, you know, there are differences. Yeah. So it's definitely important to note yeah. that. And, you know, uh, I I was sort of like, after reading and reading and reading, I was sort of kind of smashing my head against the wall a little bit because um, there isn't black skin or skin of colour. That isn't mm-hmm. a thing. You know, there's, there's any, yeah. you know, there's millions of different skin types color and then you know we took a study that might look at people in africa and then there's a study that looks at the same population but that they live in america or britain or australia Mm -hmm. and you know skin behaves differently in different countries different weather different time of year different time of month and there's you Mm -hmm. know a myriad different skin tones your skin varies from person to yep. person so you can't just put people into sort of two different boxes white brown it's not yep. it's not a thing but yeah. for simplicity's sake like you say yeah. we might have to generalize a little <laughs> bit hence using the fitzpatrick scale otherwise this yeah. is going to be a 600 part sort of podcast. dissecting the entire world's population person by person <laughs> What, what are you on the Fitzpatrick scale? I think I'm a three. <clears throat> yeah, so, uh, yeah, three is chestnut-coloured hair or dark blonde, mm-hmm. brown, blue, grey, green eyes. Skin colour is pale okay. or light brown, sometimes burn, gradually tans. Okay, that sounds yeah. fair. I think I put myself there yeah. too. Yeah, and then before that you've got blondes, before that you've got the real redheads who just white as white can be yeah albinos go in the in fitzpatrick one okay and then fitzpatrick six is people with blue black skin of african origins aborigines very dark-skinned asians such as tamils okay gorgeous yeah, yeah, you're right. The Fitzpatrick scale could be like sixteen. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It, it, should, it should look like a really good inclusive shade range from a really great makeup brush. Exactly. <laughs> like there's, I think there's an artist who's done something based on the Pantone um, color scale, oh. and there's like some beautiful photography. I can't remember what it is. Yeah, although British Vogue got panned a little bit because the British Vogue's Mm. editor is Edward Enninfo, who's a a black British man, and he's done... It's a really beautiful um, uh, cover spread on the latest issue of Vogue magazine Mm. featuring um, black celebrity... Well, mainly models. But... um, feedback from them the the people who are actually photographed was quite negative because they're like i didn't realize i was going to actually be colored darker than what i actually am so it's almost like they they were annoyed that they feel like they've been slightly fetishized a bit by having their skin portrayed even darker yeah that's not on um so they were really pissed off about that because that wasn't it's like with anything if you're having your image 
either enhanced or changed or it's blurred. naughty and you're the mo- it's your face and your body mm. it would piss you off no matter what what it yeah. is can't change somebody's face without their permission can you no not really yeah brazilian artist angelica das is to attempting to catalog the entire range of human skin tones oh no yeah amazing yeah that's so some cool some really cool pictures um yeah so is darker skin different to white skin so yeah there's the obvious difference which is that dark skin tends to have more melanin more melanosomes Mm -hmm. do you know what a melanosome is um uh, (laughs) makes melanin it's a thing um it's the organelle that contains the dark colored substance within the melanocyte. So the melanocyte is the cell that makes melanin. The melanosomes are the sort of bags which contain the melanin. Um, Darker skin has different melanin to white people. Um, So it has more eumelanin as opposed to Mm -hmm. pheomelanin. So there's different melanins with different tones and different darknesses. Um, so yeah, different melanin, different shades. So some, you know, some dark skin has a kind of a blue color and some has a more mm-hmm. red tone. So, you know, there's different okay. sort of molecules that are imparting that shade difference, obviously. Okay. So black skin has a lower average pH than white skin. Okay. Um, so yeah, there was a study of a thousand black nigerians and the ph was about 4.87 okay um and the uh, dark skin ages better than white skin yep Yep. (laughs) (laughs) that's a fact in science it's a fact yeah so all of these Mm -hmm. facts come from a study by warrior et al in 1996 Okay. And another fact is that black skin has the same thickness as white skin, but the upper layers of the skin, the epidermis, are more compact. So okay. That's I don't know if that's interesting to anyone, but it's interesting to me. Yes, it is. I found that interesting. Yeah. Um, and I've written this little point. So there's a lot of studies, and in trying to get information about the differences between skin in relation to colour, race, country of origin ethnicity country of dwelling there is a lot of contradictory Mm -hmm. evidence so you know you'll get this one study about black people and it says this and then you know it's a study on african-americans say yes but black people living in america so they live in a completely different environment to where their skin was designed to be and that, that makes an enormous difference to the way your skin behaves. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. you know, black skin was evolved to be in a very hot environment. So then, you know, if you're not living in that hot environment anymore, it's going to do something different. Yeah. Because you're living somewhere else. So I guess like mm-hmm. black people should take a lot of vitamin D. This isn't something I've researched in any real way i'm just saying just is a, sort of, <laughs> just, just, just popped into my head because like if you live in britain and you're black your skin isn't going to make vitamin d very much surely right maybe for the next episode yeah. i'll research that fact 
We'll come back for more okay. accurate information. Put a bookmark in there. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> bloody hell, yeah. What with all this uh, SPF we're wearing, there ain't much vitamin D to be had. Oh, I know. Mm. Don't worry, we get it through our scalps. It's Do fine. we though? Have you seen how thick my hair I don't is? Know. Yeah, my thin, pathetic, wispy yeah. hair can. <laughs> Soaks up the vitamin D like nothing else. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. Okay. And there's, you know, different cultural um, practices that somebody might partake in in Africa and not in Britain. So that and that has a has an effect. So you could sort of talk about black people having issues because, you know, things like hair loss traumatic hair practices or using pomades and you know that might not be something that's sort of you know does that happen in britain so much um again dj's got a whole chapter on basically how certain i think there's a chapter it's a reference to a whole chapter on acne where she's just said there are certain what you would call acnes or skin Mm. complaints where probably things that are handed down generationally probably haven't helped so like you know um, laying down edges of hair with quite thick um, pomades Mm. using things like um, shea butters and oils on the face um, which can cause issues Um, and then I know you're going to go into it but the adverse effects of um, if people have chosen to use lightning Mm. creams that are not great um again that you know the adverse effects of those as well yeah so you know we we are trying sort of trying not to generalize but unfortunately you kind of got to a little bit um but yeah the stud yeah. you know the basically the scientific research isn't perfect because they're studying different population there's so many different populations throughout the world it's impossible to like come to a a real sort of unanimous yeah. conclusion about any yeah. skin issues. So, you know, we'll do what we can. So what issues are facing people of colour? So I put the first thing as hyperpigmentation to me seems like mm-hmm. the most bothersome issue that um, yeah. you're going to get if you've got darker skin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So historically... Um, We've seen people resorting to using something called bleaching creams. And I wasn't really sure what bleaching creams were. But um, after a little research, uh, there's a study about Alam et al. in 2008. Oh, no, it's a book, actually. Um, Yeah, there's been a history of people using bleaching creams such as hydroquinone in high percentages. So we've discussed hydroquinone at length haven't we before mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. you know at four percent under dermatological supervision we know that hydroquinone is safe but using you know creams that have enormous percentages maybe not safe yeah, yeah certain corticosteroids so steroids mercury phenolics oh, caustics God. Other unknown plant and chemical derivatives with unfortunate side effects such as skin atrophy and fragility, telangiectasias, um, dyschromias, exogenous ochronosis, which is like the 
real black darkening of the skin, acne, skin infections, yeah. and may even induce serious complications such as Cushing syndrome, which mm-hmm. is what happens when you take too many steroids, like loads of steroids. Right. Yeah, you you right. swell up basically. Okay. Yeah. Renal impairment, which is kidney damage, and neurological neurological problems. So I suppose that's probably with the mercury poisoning. But yeah. Do you know what telangiectasia yes. is, means? Do you know what that is? No. So that's I don't, like no. uh, like that kind of broken blood vessels, sort of red appearance. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that's what bleaching creams is all about. Jesus, that sounds dreadful. Yeah, a bit scary. And I think, I mean, that I kind of wanted to do like a myth busting mm. part to this podcast as well. Probably not now, but you know, maybe the next episode. Mm. But I think that probably goes some way to explaining why, amongst a lot of people of mm. color, um, hydroquinone is very much vilified. Because yeah. there's, um, you know, it's associated yeah. with other bleaching creams all the other horrible shites that's in those bleaching creams yeah Yeah. so rather than the the ingredient itself being being of harm yes you know it's been well studied it's been used for a long time and you know as long as you're using a certain percentage and you're making sure that you're using a formulation that's um you know pure as in like you know free of anything other than hydroquinone and a good base it should really be safe. Okay. And yeah, like in when you're using it under Dermatica, you'll have six months on, then three months off, just to yeah. make sure that it's not building up in your skin. Yeah. Yeah. And there's, you know, plenty okay. of other things that you can use to help with uh, pigmentation, like tretinoin, kojic acid, tranexamic acid, cispira, we okay. discussed, didn't we, a while ago? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think um, it's popular in the mm. States, isn't it? I can prescribe it, actually. Yeah. Can you? Cool. I can. Um, do you know I'm doing this a remote prescription thing? Yes. Yeah, so I can prescribe it. You know, we were talking about finding somewhere you can get it. Apparently, I can do that. Yeah. If anyone need, if oh, anyone cool. wants any, I can hook them up. Cool. Can you hook yeah, me up? Yeah, I can, yeah. <laughs> I think it's quite expensive, though. That's the only thing. Is it? I think it's over 100 quid. Holy shit. Yeah. What, for how much? Oh, I don't know. Why is it so expensive? Mil? I don't know. Everything's Bloody everything's hell. expensive. You know, all these obagi things, whatnot. Oh, I know. Big money dollars. Oh, I know. It's really big money dollars, yeah. isn't it? I like, my, I like my skincare cheap as chips. Wow, yeah, cause especially because you're getting through it. You know, a friend of mine was saying the other day, she was like, oh, you're into skincare. I've just done this Obagi mm-hmm. thing. And, you know, the Obagi thing is basically everything, isn't yeah. it? So you get your acid, you get an SPF. Yeah, there's like a system. Sort of vitamin. Mm. Yeah, system. And I don't know how much it is. I'm just going to throw a figure out and say, I don't know, 250 Yeah, for the system, it could be like, 500 quid. Yeah. Yeah, right, okay. It's not too far off. Um, I also bought Carolyn Hyron's book actually okay. the same time I bought Deja's book and her she, like a very good and it's completely totally sensible piece of advice is you know you need to spend what you can afford to uh, yeah you've got to spend that money so every single you, month for the rest of your life because yeah, it's supposed you, to work if you can 
yeah, if you can dish that out and if you want to spend 80 quid on an SPF that you're supposed to use up in 10 days to two weeks, then then and you can afford to do it, then wonderful. Yeah. If you don't, just don't. No, there's no point in trying it out for one month because yeah. Yeah. you need to keep using it, otherwise yeah. it won't do the thing it's supposed to do. It, it sounds so obvious, doesn't it? But actually it's a really good piece of advice. And the, the other one, which is very obvious, is you know don't buy things like skincare on your credit card because it's not a splurge. No. It's what you need yeah. to be It needs to be part of your normal life. Investing in. Yeah. Yeah. So cheap is fine. Yeah. <laughs> We're getting off track. There, no, it's fine. Yeah. Makes sense. Cheap is fine. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, cut to my interview okay. with my friend Cara now. Okay. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. um, she's a lovely friend of mine who uh, she um, moved to Australia many many years ago, and obviously there's a lot more sun there, and she she mm-hmm. is um, half Irish, half Ghanaian. And okay. she's had a lot of issues with melasma, so I thought I'd want right. to you know, discuss it with her and um, see what her experience has been. She's, she's had a bit of a okay. journey. Um, so we're going to cut to that interview in a sec. And I asked her to promote her Instagram, and she didn't say the name of it. God no. love her. <laughs> I noticed that. I know, I was like, you it. meant to say the name. When I tell you to plug, <laughs> you meant to plug. Um, and it's <laughs> at makeup.in dot Marucci door which is the place in australia where she lives sounds gorgeous so here's that fabulous okay yeah so um today i'm talking to my good friend cara who um now lives in australia and you used to live in wales with me that's right yeah um and i wanted to talk to you uh because you've had a bit of a melasma journey is would you describe it as melasma yeah definitely yeah so after had having a baby sort of yeah yeah so that's about seven years ago um she's eight now yeah and the well the dark patches started a little bit before that yeah much worse after having my daughter yeah and would we describe your skin as of the darker variety yeah tan yeah Yeah. you know what the Fitzpatrick I I had a look and I think you're a five okay I do yeah which is you know quite high up yeah yeah because I really burn you don't you don't burn do you oh rarely yeah this was part of it I used to allow myself to burn <laughs> yeah didn't we all though back in, <laughs> yeah it wasn't, wasn't bother, was it back back in the 80s and 90s that's what we did well I had acne so I was told that mm. my skin would be better with a bit of a tan so I used to let myself tan and then obviously I would let myself burn then because I thought oh you know it looks even better <laughs> Burn. <laughs> yeah, it's even better. It's like a, a free chemical peel. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's sad, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. And so did you seek treatment at that point? Did you get anything done? When I burnt or well, when you started noticing the dark patches? No, I just left it. I just thought, oh, I can't get rid of it. Um 
I weirdly, I bumped into a dermatologist and I said, oh, would it be easy to get rid of? And she said, no, it'd be so difficult to get rid of. Oh my God. I just had two little tiny spots on the top of my cheeks. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. They were quite dark. Um, and I just left them for years, probably, oh, I can't even think how long. Um, and then eventually I decided to have... I'm not sure if it was laser or IPL Mm. and it got rid of them, but as they were healed, they'd come back. Yeah. So they said, all right, let's give you some hydroquinone. Good. So I used that and that worked really well. And I was, I was really happy with that. Um, But then gradually my, blotches came back to my forehead my cheeks Mm. um the top of my cheeks again and Mm. my nose as well but that was after having my daughter so I Mm. do think it was hormone related yeah so yeah you know that's normally how it goes isn't it sun damage and then you have a baby and then brown spots everywhere (laughs) (laughs) thanks for that and then you had some a series of peels recently, didn't you? I did. They were about a year, well, probably about two years ago now, but I had four chemical peels. Mm. So I had a chemical peel years ago, but they said, oh, no, we can't treat the brown spot. Mm. Um, so I obviously only had two spots then. Um, but this time they were like, oh, yeah, we can definitely improve your melasma. And I was thinking, oh, I'm not sure about that. But I paid quite a bit. Mm. Um, I had four chemical peels. Yeah. And it made my skin look nicer, but it didn't do anything to the brown no. spots. Not at all. No. And that's like, was it was it a beautician or a nurse? It was a nurse. Yeah. I think. Um, it was like a it was pretty expensive. It was at a plastic surgery clinic. Mm. So It wasn't at the shopping mall or anything like that. Yeah. So you'd expect them to have a bit of knowledge about pigmentation and dark skin. Yeah. Yeah. I think they don't treat that many people with dark skin. I think that's a problem because she was very worried about doing appeal too deeply. Yeah. Uh, So um, it just didn't really work properly. I mean, it was lovely. Made my skin look lovely. Yeah, nice and smooth, and it yes. but it didn't make the pigmentation work worse. No, it didn't make it worse, but it didn't improve it. Well, some people said, "Oh, I can see an improvement," but I think they were just being kind. Yeah, and I think you know it was a it's a risky business, chemically peeling dark skin, which is prone to pigmentation, because you might end up with a worse situation. Yes, and that's what she explained. Yeah. I won't do that again, basically. No. And I wouldn't really recommend that for darker skin. No. Uh, and you had just, you had quite a bit of downtime with it as well. It looked like it was pretty sore afterwards. It was. And like I go out, but I looked a bit monstery and my skin flaked <laughs> off. Um, like actually peeled off. Oh and that's God. what I meant to do. Yeah. But um, I got a few funny looks. Um, yeah. You know, daughter's swimming and things like that so oh oh dear but I bet it helped your wrinkles 
on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My skin was looking amazing. <laughs> yeah. And you, so you, you recently decided you're going to get some hydroquinone and try that again. That's right. So um, I did actually, I'm not sure if I should mention, I did actually get some hydroquinone cream. I think it might have even been with tretinone from Dermatica. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, you, you, did, I, you did a little sneaky, didn't you? And you got it, you got it delivered to your sister in Britain. And that. That's good memory. Um, so <laughs> I, I was visiting my sister and I got it delivered to my sister and, yeah. and I used that for a while and it was amazing. It worked really well. Yeah. Uh, but the massacre, unfortunately, don't deliver to Australia. No, no they don't. Uh, and it's quite difficult. There is a similar company that does something like that but they don't mm. advertise that they use hydroquinone so um mm. somebody recommended a different cream to me that's way cheaper it's only two percent hydroquinone yeah. so i'm gonna try that cool but i've i've kind of um come to accept my blotches now mm. yeah i don't have a way or anything and people yeah. just use me with them and i wear makeup most days anyway mm. It doesn't get you down at all. Um, sometimes when I focus on my forehead, I think, oh, look at mm. that. Because it's yeah. almost like, you remember Mikhail Gorbachev? Yeah, yeah. Red mark, mine's a brown mark on my forehead. Yeah, he used to look like he had t- tomato ketchup on his face, I thought. <laughs> <laughs> when you were little, you thought yeah. that. Yeah, you had an accident with a ketchup bottle. <laughs> oh. My Mine is quite big, the blotch, and um, it's all over the centre of my forehead. So yeah, yeah, that you know, hydroquinone should work though. It's good, and it, yeah. it's it is safe as long as you're using a you know a reputable formulation. So I think a lot of the um, bad press it gets is because people in South Africa were using dodgy hydroquinone that had like mercury in it and you know they were using it continuously for years and years and years really high concentrations and that's why people you know got problems from it because they weren't doing it properly but as long as you're buying it you know from a proper company and you know maybe take a few breaks a couple of times a year you should be fine and it's yeah safe for darker skin yeah yeah Laser and IPL and peels are a bit, yeah, a bit of a risk if you've got pigmentation. Yeah. Weirdly, after I had the IPL, that's when this came out. Really? I wasn't sure if it had aggravated my skin a little bit and kind of caused inflammation. Yeah. And it came out because it was never as bad before I had the IPL. Oh, that's heartbreaking, isn't it? Yeah, well, that's what you get for giving it a go, I suppose. For asking about with yourself. I know. Yeah. So, you know. Lots of people, everything works fine. But yeah, if I ever have anything done, I normally get something goes wrong. I'll have a reaction to it. I'll swell up somewhere. That's what happens sometimes, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, it's not the worst thing in the world. So, I mean... No, uh, not at all. The the thing is, um, my skin is weirdly the best it's been. I don't have spots anymore. Cool. Um, 
I'm not too wrinkly for my age. No. I'm 45 now. Um, and I do stay out of the sun now. I wear sunscreen Good. every day. Yeah. I wear a hat. So my face is way lighter than my body. But um, yeah. so I just focus on the positives. Yeah. Yeah, you're a lovely looking person and <laughs> and you live in a beautiful part of the world. I'm so jealous when I see the pictures. <laughs> it's raining so much here. So um is it so it's okay for us to share pictures of you on Instagram? Is that okay? Yeah. That's, that's yeah. Right. Cool. And do you you've got an Instagram, haven't you, where people could follow you if if you wanted? Yes, I have got yeah. a I've got a um a public Instagram that's um, just a bit, bit of silliness. Yeah. So you uh, you love your makeup, don't you? That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Do you find, you know, it, is it easy to get foundation for darker skin in Australia? Yeah. Not too bad. Uh, I remember there's quite a lot of um, like Aboriginal and, um, mm-hmm. and uh, Torres Strait Islander. and There's all different colours here. Mm. So, and I'm not, uh, I'm not African black. Mm. So I think that would be very difficult yeah. to get um, the right color for that. I, I do notice that um, my black sisters, they, um, yeah. as in my actual sisters, they find it difficult to, because they're darker, they find yeah. it difficult to get um, foundation and makeup that, is suitable but it's a lot better than it used to be mm. in the last 10 years there's um all sorts of um colors coming out yeah it's good isn't it yeah yeah cool well thank you for talking to me that's all right cool and i'm gonna say bye-bye bye bye and then i guess we're just gonna yeah. Stick stick the end of the podcast here. Okay, cool. Oh my yeah. god, there is really lots to talk about, isn't there? I know. We haven't even scratched the surface. Really. No, and it's good. We're already an hour in. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That's the problem with um, the, treating darker skin for hyperpigmentation is that anything that inflames the skin is going to cause post-inflammatory could cause post-inflammatory hyperpigmentation. So the one way to tell if you're prone to this, that if, you know, if you're thinking about a treatment is if you, if you get a spot and it leaves a brown mark, or if you get an insect bite and it leaves a brown mark, then you are prone to it. So be careful if you're thinking about getting a peel or IPL or anything like that. Yeah. Take it seriously. So, and I know it sounds mm. obvious, obviously, but you've, you've said it as well. You need to, be going to people who've got lots of experience yes. treating people with your skin yes. color and your skin Don't tone. be afraid to quiz people um, and go, are you confident with me? Yeah. Not, yeah. No disrespect. Have you just <laughs> worked on white people? Yeah. Um, yeah, because this might not work no, out. No, exactly. So, you know, one of the ways you can sort of kind of get around the um, risk of post-inflammatory hyperpigmentation is to prime the skin. So put the mm-hmm. patient on, say, a six-week course of hydroquinone and tretinoin okay. or and or glycolic acid. So you right. know, sort of intensive skincare, high-strength skincare for six weeks. So the skin is okay. like 
as good as it can get and you know make okay. sure the person's sort of into their skincare routine like you know it's like sort of you don't do skincare at all there's no skincare routine in your life your skin is just totally sitting there not waiting for anything and all of a sudden you zap it with a laser out of nowhere <laughs> yeah. yeah and often say that like at, at six weeks treatment of hydroquinone triton yeah you don't have acids, to use I all mean, of those Jesus. things but you no, know but kind still, of to that's pretty... sneak it in incorporate them get yeah. get your skin thinking about the fact that we're going to bug it in a minute um to yeah. try and get the skin sort of turning over and you know okay. try and re- reduce the melanocyte function before you smash okay. it with something really really inflammatory <laughs> it's <laughs> <laughs> a really good point yeah so that's one um, way around and if it. if okay and if there are people listening um who want to look into treatments especially around things um like melasma and other types of hyperpigmentation mm. um so i've mentioned it before obviously lots but dj Iadeli actually has the black skin directory and the whole function mm. of the black skin directory is obviously to link people of color in britain to um estheticians dermatologists yeah, and uh, yeah and, and yeah clinicians basically who have lots of experience in treating um darker skin yeah so yeah it's, it's, it's a good resource i think it's just it is it's really yeah. good and I think they're doing training as well for um, estheticians. Okay. At the Maybe I'll pop yeah, over. They're doing training programs specifically for yeah. um, estheticians. Um, in fact, I think she's just got a new um, Instagram account purely for the training. Okay. So we'll have to have a look at that. that That's interesting. Mm. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I think we're going to um, take a pause for a week now. And um, next, we've got, we got so, so much, much more to shit. talk about. Um, we've still got acne. We've still got rosacea. We've still got pseudofolliculitis barbie. Dermatosis, oh, yeah. dermatosis <clears throat> papulosa nigra. This is, this is why I just put the initialisms in yeah. rather than actually saying it. Um, and we've got really, I think, a whole episode that we could put just towards um, myth busting yeah. and sunscreen. Yeah, sunscreens, we need to do loads on that. Pores, scarring, yeah. dryness. Dryness <laughs> is a big one. Yeah. SPF. Yeah. And then who to follow. I've written a load of list of who you should go and look oh, at. Oh, yeah, and I've sent you another list of who yeah. to follow too. So. Yeah, there's there's lots for us to do. Please keep listening. Yeah, I'm so sorry if, <laughs> if we're boring or annoying or offensive. Like, I really hope I'm not offensive. Please somebody tell no, me if I'm not. offensive. No, you're not offensive. You you, you might... If, if offensive would be with um, intent. Oh my god! If you make a mistake or you say the wrong thing, that's entirely yeah. different. And obviously, we're happy to be um, corrected correct on that. Us. What's also yeah, and what's also really important to note as well is that things that are said um, in Britain are might not be said hmm. around the rest of the world. You know, we're going to try and get this. Uh, I obviously I have COVID. So I'm going to try and get this out as quickly as I can. <laughs> and a blog post to go with it. The thing is about having COVID is that we're all stuck in the house. 
man. There's five it's of not us. even like I can come and relieve you of your children because they're COVID no, children. No, you better not. <laughs> so. Nobody's coming anywhere near any. But like I, you, you know, Aww. I got. I'm. But it's only for the it's week. It's only for though, a week. Right? But I, you know, I gotta love. I love. I love being with my children in my house, just with nothing else to do. Yep. I'm, you know, I'm. And one of those annoying people that's just like, hee hee, this is fun. I'm quite enjoying it. Um, I love it as yeah. well. I love just not doing anything with my family in the yeah. house. Put a fire on and watch Chitty Chitty Bang yeah. Bang. That's what I want to yeah. do. Yeah, yeah. that's it. Yeah, watching slime. I like, oh my God, let's watch slime videos. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love watching slime. <laughs> people pulling slime and putting things in slime yeah you're one of those weird people that loves doing that i just don't get it do you know um do you know i'm just i'm just checking my emails do you know that bobby brown is no longer affiliated with bobby brown makeup yeah that was ages ago started her own yeah so she went and started her own one called jones road oh did she i didn't know that um yeah so that's Mm. hers it's all a bit we're clean 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 Mm. clean 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 whatever you know anyway the makeup looks really lovely, so I put in an order, okay. but there is no British. Um, it, it's all basically sent from New Jersey. Mm. Um, this is my third order. The first two have got lost oh, in Secaucus, New Jersey. Oh, no. Nightmare. <laughs> all, I want, all I want is the bloody makeup. Oh, God. Um, it's because of So I'm dying Brexit. to get it and put it on my face, but it just keeps getting lost. Yes. I don't even know if it is because of Brexit. I just... It's lost in America. It's not even Britain's fault. No, somebody's nicking it off your doorstep um, or something. Someone's nicking it off, you know, off some shipping container mm. in Secaucus, New Jersey. Um, and in other news, I'm really injured. My hips from running and I can't run for oh, no. a bit. And I'm devastated. I'm quite pleased. Yeah. I don't, because I can't run because I can't leave the house. <laughs> but that's only for a week. You'd be fine. So how long have you got to rest your hip though? I don't know. I've been going for rehab for six weeks now, and it's not made. Oh shit! Any oh, Nally, that's really bad. The pain moves. The pain moves to a different part of my hip. It's really oh, weird. And now it almost feels like, um, you know, if you get the foam mm. roll on, and it can be like torture, can't it? Yeah, um, I don't do that. The iliopsis muscle. Yeah, it's, it really hurts, and it almost feels like it's on the bone now. But every time I go, she's like, "It's nothing to do with your bones or anything." Mm. It is still muscular, but for me, like, why is it moving? Why is it going from one part of my hip to the other? Bought a brand new pair of running shoes. Piss. No difference. It really, really. I I did ran a ten miler yesterday, and I was in well, agony. What like, ten sure. miles? That's shit. Loads of miles. Yeah, I'm running. Maybe quite don't a lot, do ten but... miles. Well, that was my first. Yeah. That's in, a shitload of miles, now. Nah, if you've got a sore yeah. hip, that is stupid. Yeah. It was, but it wasn't hurting. Yeah, that's the thing. It wasn't hurting. So, so I rested it for a week. I hadn't okay. run, and I was like, "I'll do." And I did three miles, and I was like, "Okay, everything's feeling fine." And two days later, then I was like, "I'm just going to go for a long mm. run." And then on, on on like mile seven or eight, I was seven like, or eight, really you nuts. That's yeah. sh- that's really <laughs> far, Natalie. No wonder you got a sore hip. It is. It is far, but I've been like doing it properly, like on a proper training program. I would, and everything. yeah, I, I would just, just like, ignore that and just stick just to five k's for a little bit. Oh, do I it, know, but do it. It hurts no matter what I do. I've stopped 
everything. Yeah, take it, take it down um, a notch or seven. I would. Yeah, no. Yeah. No, just you know when you just think this is the only thing I like doing. Yeah. Now. I don't. Want no, to I do know. I'm gutted. I can't leave the house. I'm going to start running around the living room table. That's the thing. And, 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 you know, just been stretching and being really responsible about not just running and doing other things. So I will run like twice a week now rather than five times a week. Mm. But nothing doing. It's not making any difference. No. Just wrecks. Mm. Hmm. Anyway, Interesting. Well, maybe I'll ask my boring. brother, very my very brother, boring. my running expert brother. Yeah, yeah, I will. Ask him what to do for hips, yeah. please. <laughs> Any advice would be very welcome. Yeah, running is good. Because it's all getting expensive now, that's yeah. the thing, you know, for me to get to the root of it. Mm. Yeah. So um, I think we're all done skincare-wise. Running-wise, not sorry, so much, yes. but skincare. No, sorry. We've, Just went off on we've one. We've sorted it out for today. So... Yeah. That is the first in our six or seven just <laughs> <laughs> about um uh, there is a lot there is a lot a lot to talk about. i think we should do our instagram live in in between all of this okay podcast series should we do like a fun little chatty chat because we, we we've been talking about doing it for yonks yes. we have but the only thing is when i see like people who are really experienced content creators doing it so yeah um this branding lady i work with and she does it and she does Mm. a live and there's like nine people on there and it's really weirdly tight so for for me it's like the timing of it when do we time it i suppose it's like when thing is i can only do it at 8 p.m that's the that's that's the end of the matter that's the only time i've got free i think people tend to yeah, I think people tend to really engage with things like on a weekend night, like on a Sunday. Yeah, sure. You know, if you ever posted something on a Sunday and for some reason it just gets loads of engagement because people are just bored trying to put off thinking about work yeah, the next day and absolutely. are engaged. So perhaps we can do Let's that. Let's do it. Let's do it. Right, Wicked. Okay. Love you. We love wish you, me, Wish me health. And a yeah, speedy recovery. I do. I, um, how many more days of... of Six. Um, oh, shit. Yeah. You really are at the beginning. Sorry yeah. about that. It's okay. Mm. I, I love my say. kids. I'm going to keep repeating do, that. You do love your children, yeah, yeah, so it's fine. fine. You can just have fun watching your slime videos. <laughs> yeah, you will, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and also... So we're going to talk about lots of people who've um, influenced us to make this series of podcasts about um, skincare for people of Mm. colour. So if you can think of, our listeners can think of people who they really like to follow, we'd love to hear it. We'd also put that on the um, Instagram page as well. We've got our references, but yeah. Tag away. yeah yeah join in come and um you know chat with us and tell us what we what you think and your experiences that'd be lovely to hear um so follow us you know all the usual skincare with friends channels all over the shop you'll find us if you just type our name in um and our facebook group 
and I love our, Facebook our website. Yeah, cool. So, Brill. All take right. Care. Speak to you soon, bye. guys. Bye. Okay, bye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.